Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Welcome to the Faith in Kids podcast. We are doing the seven signs of the secret king. Each of these is in John's gospel. This is episode four. We have had a whistle stop tour. Jam, ready for the quick fire test? What was episode one? Oh, that's easy. Jesus turns water into wine. Sign two, Jam. He heals an official son, even though he's a whole day's journey away. <laughs> How do you do that? Amazing. Sign three, Jam. He uh, heals the man who's been paralysed for 38 years and the man doesn't even know Jesus' name. That's how much of a secret Jesus is. Thank you so much for listening. As a reward, we're going to give you the fourth sign today. Thank you very much. Jam, tell us, what's a whip around question for today? When were you last really hungry and there was no sign of food anytime soon? I definitely remember a time that my wife Mary and I still talk about on a long journey. It was well past lunchtime. We had two children under four in the back and they were screaming hungry. And it was like, Dad, just find any food. And I just remember, it was like, honestly, there's none. I cannot find food. But then there's other times when there is only weird food to be eaten up. And so (laughs) my wife tells me of a time when she was little that they were staying somewhere and the only food left, which they basically had as a meal, was frozen peas heated up, (laughs) followed by ice cream. There just isn't food around. We're eating this. This is all there is. (laughs) We've all had weird meals, but why don't you have a chat in your families, whoever you're with, when were you last really hungry and there was no real sign of any normal food? The reason we're talking about this is because in today's story, there is an absolute monumental food crisis. We've talked about families being hungry. This is a small football stadium full of people being hungry. And we're going to find out the secret sign that fixes it. 
But before we can do that, Jam, I just want your fun facts. Please give them to me. Animals that can survive without food for the longest. So your cat can go for two weeks, depending on the amount of water and food they initially consume, they can go for two weeks without food. A camel can go for two months because in their humps, they store that, uh, they store fatty tissue, which is usually a source of nourishment when there's no food or water. So in a camel's hump jam, you're telling us is food, not water. Yeah, kind of. I think it's more nourishment, food, water replacement. Wow, some sort of milkshake concept in their hump. Absolutely. Number three, three months, the great white shark can go without food. This is a shark that eats 11 tonnes of food a year. Now, I'm told that the average American eats one tonne of food a year. That was the only stat I could find about the average human consumption a year. I'm not having a go at our dear American friends. A shark can eat 11 tonnes tons of food let's just be clear a large car is one ton yeah that is an unbelievably large amount to eat in a year i'm not saying a shark eats 11 cars (laughs) but it's a lot of food it's a lot of food and therefore once they're really really full they can go without food for three months without eating again as can bears that can go for three months without eating, drinking, exercising, or going to the toilet. Now, I have a friend who it turns out might actually be a bear, because I'm pretty sure that I know somebody who is able to do all of those things and not move for three months. But I guess that's hibernation, isn't it? So what we seem to be talking about, Jam, is animals you could leave behind when you go on holiday and forget to arrange for them to be fed, and it will be okay when you get back. Absolutely, which is why you're in luck if you own an emperor penguin. They can go for three months also without food, especially if they've got eggs to protect. They don't eat anything during that time in the Antarctic winter. Or if you've got a pet humpback whale or a ball python, you're good for six months. (laughs) If you've got a Galapagos tortoise, a scorpion or a burrowing frog, you can go on holiday for a year and and you're golden. They're not going to need feeding. And if you have a pet crocodile, you can go around the world as much as you like Three years a crocodile can go without food. They preserve their energy by staying motionless, thus helping them last for up to three years without food. After they've had a good meal, that is. I would have to say after an exceptionally good meal. Next time you're begging mum for one last biscuit, remember the crocodiles. Jam, we're in John's Gospel. Before we find out who gets hungry and how long they have to last without food, please, can the man with the biggest brain in the world, who's the world's greatest expert on John's Gospel, tell us facts? Jam on John. It's a short fact, but it's a fun one. John is very different from the other Gospels. Lots of the material is different, but this miracle is in all four Gospels. What are those Gospels, Ed? Easy one. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. You're telling us, Jam, all of those have this miracle in them. And Jam, are you also saying there is no other miracle that's in all four Gospels? I am saying that apart from the bonus eighth miracle that will come on to round about Easter time. I've already said too much. (laughs) Jam, this is why you're paid the big bucks. Absolutely. This is why only the Faith in Kids podcast gets the world's biggest John expert brain in. 
Thank you, Jam. It must be now time for today's story. It's the wonderful, the brilliant, the story we all know so well. Let's listen to the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in John 6. Our reading is from John chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Jesus went across Lake Galilee. Many people followed him because they saw the miracles he did to heal the sick. Jesus went up on a hill and there sat down with his followers. It was almost the time for the Jewish Passover feast. Jesus looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him. He said to Philip, Where can we buy bread for all these people to eat? Jesus asked Philip this question to test him. Jesus already knew what he planned to do. Philip answered, Someone would have to work almost a year to buy enough bread for each person here to have only a little piece. Another follower called Andrew said, Here is a boy with five loaves of barley bread and two little fish, but that is not enough for so many people. Jesus said, Tell the people to sit down. This was a very grassy place. There were about 5,000 men who sat down there. Then Jesus took the loaves of bread. He thanked God for the bread and gave it to the people who were sitting there. He did the same with the fish. He gave them as much as they wanted. They all had enough to eat. When they had finished, Jesus said to his followers, Gather the pieces of fish and bread that were not eaten. Don't waste anything. So they gathered up the pieces that were left. They filled 12 large baskets with the pieces that were left of the five barley loaves. The people saw this miracle that Jesus did. They said, He must truly be the prophet who is coming into the world. Jesus knew that the people planned to come and take him by force and make him their king. So he left and went into the hills alone. Jam, very quick. I'm going to name a food. You have to tell me, does it grow in a tree, a bush or underground? Are you ready, Jam? Yeah, wow. Bonus quiz. Brilliant. Carrot. Under the ground. Tomato. On a plant. (laughs) Yes. Apple. Tree. Potato. Under the ground. Strawberry. On a plant. Cucumber. Also on a plant. I'm going to settle for that last one. Mango. Oh, I don't know. Do they just drop down from the sky? I have no idea how you get mangoes. (laughs) We all want a mango tree in our garden, Jam. The reason I've gone through that is we're wondering where our food comes from. Well done, Jam. You know. But you might have been listening to this thinking, food comes from farmers, silly. Or, Or even supermarkets. Everyone knows that. But above all, food comes from God. Only God gives us our food. Throughout the Bible story, food comes from God. Adam and Eve in the garden, given fruit trees by God. God's people in the wilderness, no food. They get given manna every day for 40 years. God's people arrive in the promised land. There are grapes and pomegranates and figs that the spies come out saying, this is an amazing place to live. Only God gives us what we need. In this story today, 5,000 people had a problem. No food. All Jesus had was a boy's packed lunch with two small fish and five loaves of bread. How big is your school packed lunch? Imagine 
having to give up your packed lunch to feed a small football stadium of more than 5,000 people. Isn't that great? Jesus made food for the crowd from nothing. Making food out of nothing just by speaking. Well, that's what God does. That's what he's showing us with this story. And you see at the end, did they just have enough to eat? Does that ever happen in your family? The first person takes a bit too much and granddad's at the back of the line and he's ended up with nothing on his plate at all. Not with Jesus. You start with a boy's packed lunch. You finish with 5,000 stuffed people and 12 basketfuls of leftovers. It's like the wedding at Cana where Jesus created bathfuls of the best wine. Here Jesus created far too much excellent food. Granddad doesn't just get enough, he gets enough for 50. Jesus doesn't count out portions carefully. He's the king of too much. He's the prince of good times. He's the boss of full tummies. Granddad wasn't the only one who was amazed. Listen how this story finishes. The people saw this miracle that Jesus did. They said... He must truly be the prophet who is coming into the world. They knew... Only God gives us what we need. If Jesus can do this with all that food, he's a prophet. That is a man sent straight from God. Only Jesus gives us what we need. Each day, there's a moment when we need something. Mom, I need a... Each week, there's a moment when we beg and plead because we feel like we need something so badly. Dad, I really need a... Each month, there's a moment we feel like crying because we need something so much. In that moment, remember, only Jesus gives what we need. This week, I heard about a very little girl who wet herself in school because she couldn't get to the loo in time. She made it to the loo a little late, so she locked herself in and was sobbing. She decided to pray, please Jesus, help me. When her mum collected her that evening, she said to her mum, I was crying in the loo on my own and I prayed, please Jesus, help me, but nothing happened. I wonder what you would say to that little girl. Had she prayed for the wrong thing? Had Jesus not heard her prayer? Does Jesus not care for her? Do you know what I'd have said? I'd have said, well done. You were right to pray. Just like food comes from plants or farmers or shops or dad, help comes from teachers or friends or strangers or dad. When she came out, she looked for her teacher. She found her. She helped her. She went home in clean, dry clothes. You see, Jesus did give her help. Dry clothes. Only Jesus gives us what we need. Let's keep trusting him for that, even in tears. Let me pray. Father, you give us what we need. I thank you that in this story, Jesus gave us what they needed. Jesus gives us what we need. I pray we'd keep believing this. In the tears, in the ache, in the loneliness. Please help us to trust Jesus. He is giving us what we need. Amen. Amen. Ed's got questions. Under fives, 
What did Jesus give everyone in today's story? Fives to sevens, if you had been fed by Jesus that day, what would you have said to your parent at the end? Eights to elevens, are you praying for something you need at the moment? Elevens to fourteens, are you believing Jesus gives us what we need? When do you doubt that? Why don't you have a chat about that wherever you are, or we'll have the questions again at the end. Because we've got a sketch now, let's have a think about what it might have been like to actually be there and be really hungry. And suddenly food starts to appear. I'm hungry. Oh, me too. So hungry. Really hungry. Like a hungry woman from a hungry town. On the day when the town's having its festival of hunger. I could eat a horse. That could eat a horse and cart. And to think, we came all this way to hear Jesus teach. He better be good. Honestly, I came to see a sign. I've heard he can do those. Did you hear about that wedding in Cana? With the wine. Oh, and the official's son. Who didn't die. Oh, and that poor man stuck by the pool for 38 years. Who isn't stuck there anymore. Incredible. Him and his signs. But I'm still hungry. Me too. I feel like an Israelite in the desert, crying out for food. Oh, I could do with some of their manna right now. What I wouldn't do for God to miraculously provide us with food right now. If only. Hang on. Why is everyone sitting down? No idea. Maybe it's to make us feel less hungry. Terrible idea. I'm still hungry. Me too. What's this? Someone's passing bread along. I can see fish coming from the other way. Where did the food come from? No idea. I can't see. It's probably Jesus. It's probably another one of his signs. Oh, that's good bread. Is it barley? Oh, oh, that fish is so good. Swap. Oh, that's good fish. Mm. Oh, and the bread's good too. Is it, is it barley? <laughs> Swap back. No, I'm stuffed. Oh, me too. Couldn't eat another thing. Me neither. Good job we're sitting down. I said it was a good idea. Probably Jesus' idea. So many good ideas. So many signs. This must be his one, two, three, fourth. Yeah. And to think he's just a carpenter's son from Nazareth. Just goes to show, doesn't it? What? That he's just a carpenter's son. Who does signs? Yeah. More bread? Just a little bit. In this song, awesome cutlery remind us that God is faithful and true and every good thing comes from him. So let's have a listen to this one. Thank you, Father, for today. Teach me how to choose your way. Help me lift my eyes to see who you are. You are faithful, always true. Every good thing comes from you. Meet me in your word and help me worship you. It's a new, new day.
It is great to receive an email from a couple who are just beginning their family journey. It is great to hear from Joel and Lucy, who are in Kendall. Thank you very much for telling us that you're so loving our podcast, the ones for the parents as well, and you've started right back at the beginning as you've just had your first baby. It is lovely to hear that families come in all shapes and sizes and ages, and the Faith in Kids podcasts are for you all. Please drop us an email. We so love to hear how you're getting on, how we're encouraging you, and what what more we can do. You can email us at podcast at faithinkids.org. We love to get those emails. Do send us one, and we will be back next time with the fifth sign of the secret king. Can't wait. Speak to you next time. Cheerio. Love having you. Bye-bye. Under fives, what did Jesus give everyone in today's story? Fives to sevens, if you had been fed by Jesus that day, what would you have said to your parent at the end? Eights to elevens, are you praying for something you need at the moment? 11s to 14s, are you believing Jesus gives us what we need? When do you doubt that?